Bets. Uh, recording this on a Sunday night, Sunday night of uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational, great tournament today, but we're not going to talk about that today. Um, you know, the focus of this podcast has largely been on the PGA Tour, but we've we've obviously had a, quite a few episodes talking about lo- the local golf scene, um, you know, the FWGA, things of that nature. Um, I feel like this might be, uh, the, the theme of the week might be teacher week, because later in the week, I think we're going to have Callahan Elsie on for, mm. for another episode. Love it. And um, tonight... Uh, coming back, I, I should say regular contributor to the pod, Scott Pierre, Mr. Five-Time, Five-Time City Champion. Um, we just had you on last week, but we're going to talk about something different tonight. But before we get to that, welcome. How are you? Yeah, yeah, great. It was, uh, it's been a great day. Gosh, the golf today was, whew, man, you guys are going to have a fun talk on Monday about that. I'm sure it was, uh, it was a blast. Everything that the tour would have wanted happened today, and, and the outcome was almost irrelevant because you got the you got the group of guys that you wanted to have on the late on a Sunday afternoon. That's right. Um, so yeah, you're right. Uh, we'll have a lot to talk about when we get to the API tomorrow night. But tonight we wanted to talk with you about. You know, we, we left off with you, I think, in September, October, with your your decision to to step away from competitive golf, and and at that point, we we broke down, you know, why and what that would look like for you. And at the time, yeah. you're like, you, you mentioned you didn't really know what was next, but you were excited. Um, and, and I think, obviously, you know, for those that follow you on social media, you probably have a pretty big gathering of of people that that you know kind of follow you, your friends, etc. Um, so you made an announcement a few days ago about stepping into teaching and um, excited for you. I think a lot of people are excited that you're into this because it feels like your personality. You're, it seems like, you know, from what I know of you, big people person, easy to yeah. work with. Um, so what Thank what you. led you to that decision the last few months? Yeah. So, you know, just to rewind just a little bit, when I was in the golf business, which was, which I, I was in the golf business when I got out of school in 92, I guess. And I was in that all the way through the 2003 season. You know, I taught full time for almost six years um, and I taught really for 12. So, you know, I one time teaching was really what I thought I was going to do, Phil, before we really knew each other. You know, I mean, I think everybody thought that about me at one time when I was a club pro. And then, um, you know, I really needed to get to someplace I could teach 12 months a year. I could teach full time. And we were talking about going to the desert. Holly's dad was not in the best health at that time. I, I just couldn't see myself dragging her a three or four hour flight from him. So we ended up in the car business and I have no regrets. I, I, I love what I do now. And and so I, I have a lot of a lot of history teaching. But when I came, as I was unwinding from this from this competitive thing on the champion store, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do teaching wise. I, I was talking to some friends and family and confidant you know, people that I, I trust. And um, there was a part of me that wanted to, there was a part of me, I think I said on a show, there's a part of me that wanted to, and there's a part of me that didn't um, for some reason. And um, really over the last few weeks, it's been some good chats and some things said, but honestly, there was, there's a thing said to me by a good friend of me of mine that sent me a text and we were discussing it um, via through the phone and texting. And he just said something that stuck with me. And then Holly sort of kind of chimed in on it, which was, he just said, I just don't know anyone who loves the game more than you love the game. And it would be a shame for you to not share that love of the game with 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 people. 
And that it doesn't have to be what it was back when you were teaching full time. You don't have to teach that way. You can choose anything you want. Just share the game with people. And when he said that to me, I took that to Holly and she was like, that's exactly how I feel. That's exactly what you should do. And as I thought about it, I thought, you know what? That's exactly what I want to do. Right. I was kind of a swing nut back in the day when I taught a lot. And I'm really not that anymore. I'm more of a more of a short game guy, to be honest with you. I'm more I love teaching putting. I love teaching short game. I certainly love like teaching the full swing as well. But um, I also love teaching how to play better. You know, I've got a a golf system that I'm going to release to everybody. That's kind of a playing system called 5714 golf, which is kind of which is my thing. And it's um, those numbers represent you know, some, some numbers in the game to help you play better. And I'm, I would love to talk about that sometime on your show when I kind of am ready to, but I just have a lot of those things going on in my head. And it just, finally, I was like, you know what? I, I, I in my heart, I'm like, I'm like, I want, yeah, I want to share the game with people. I, I, I can't imagine not, not doing that now, now that I'm moving forward with it. So I'm excited. I really am. It, it, it makes so much sense that you would, you would want to, stay in the game of golf in some fashion because you probably feel like that's that's your life it's it's what you know and do best yeah, so I love why it. not why not share the wealth of knowledge that you've built right. up for the last yeah. what 40 yeah. or so years not yeah, to age you, you. <laughs> right no i'm aged <laughs> hey, it, is, it is what it is but it no is i mean i i think i think the local golf scene i i think it seemed like everyone was really excited for you when you came to that decision what, what, what was some of the feedback you got well, I got a bunch of lessons all of a sudden <laughs> calling me saying, Hey, you want to spend an hour together? Um, yeah. and, um, so, you know, it's, it's my, my, my time is going to not be, it's not going to be a full-time gig. This is not going to be my, my main mode of making money. I, I don't want it to be that. I want it to be something I really enjoy. I, uh, I, I'm probably going to teach somewhere between that probably six to 10 hours a week will probably be about it. I'm not, trying to limit it for any specific reason other than I just have a lot going on and and that's how it fits. Um, outdoors, I'm not quite sure yet exactly where I'm going. I think I have a good idea, but I haven't even spoke with anybody that will let me come, you know, purchase range balls and go give lessons. So I, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I think I'll figure that out. But yeah. in the meantime, I'll be teaching at the golf garage on track, man. And that seems like a great place to be this time of year to kind of get people ready to, to go forward. I've got some junior players. Um, the feedback's been great. I mean, I, if you saw that thread, that thread had, I don't even know how many comments, you know, just a lot of people being very encouraging. I, I just, um, yeah. I just feel really good about it. I, I feel way better about it than right now than I obviously than I did maybe a month ago when I wasn't quite sure. And, and, um, and obviously in Holly, you know, has been a, been a big part of that as well. You know, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds with, with specifics, yeah, specifics on what you're going to be teaching. You mentioned, teaching the game of golf versus golf swing. You know, we obviously know there's a big difference from technical standpoint of what that looks like, but you know, um, and, and I guess, I guess that's going to largely be dependent on, on the, the player slash student, sure. right? I mean, exactly. I mean, is it a person that is a, you know, a, a lower handicap that might need just to refine certain parts of their game or, a, a you know, a mid-level beginner player that's learning the game, how to play the game, how to score all that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it open to just about anybody. I think if I get some beginning juniors or maybe I, I think we'll piggyback with David Belleville a little bit since mm-hmm. since David's back, um, mm-hmm. where maybe we might filter some some of those beginners more his way because that, that's kind of what he wants to do a little more. Um, but I, I, I hope I get some good players. I would love to get some really good competitive golfers that want to get better. When I was teaching back in the day, I, I worked with a ton of college players, other pros. 
bunch of competitive people. And, and then I taught beginners and, at, you know, uh, recreational golfers as well. I did some clinics and some things, as you know, some group stuff. Um, I, don't, I don't know where it's going to end up right now. I really don't. I, I hope I get some good players. I really do. I, I even back when I was teaching back in the early 2000s, I think I gave probably more short game mm-hmm. lessons than just about anybody because it seems like it's just such a neglected area of teaching. Yeah. Um, I know Callahan does a lot of a lot of short game lessons. I see him working on a lot of short shots, and I, I think that's a brilliant way to teach because it's it, you can't just sit there and work on golf swing all the time. At some point, we got to work on how what are we going to do? How are we going to move the ball into the you know into the green, and what are we going to do once we get there? So I think it'll be a lot of yeah. everything. I hope. Um, and I, I just, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, tonight gave a lesson, I've, my second lesson to a 12 year old young man who actually works with Rick Hemsoth or has been, but Rick's in the desert and suggested that he, that they call me. And, um, it's been a lot of fun spending with this 12 year old, just hungry golf nut kid who's got some real talent has been a blast. And it's kind of got me excited as you can probably hear in my voice about getting out there and helping him because we, we just had a blast for the last, for two hours here, the last couple of weeks. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, there, there's a certain joy to it that I can, I can sense from you where it's, yeah. it's not, it's not work. It's, you know, it's, it's something fun, you know, uh, especially a young person like that, that's developing in the game, um, you know, where there's this, this ceiling, this, that, that you, you feel like you're, you're just starting to, you know, tap into, you mentioned Rick. Um, I was going to tap into Rick a little bit, anything that you've learned from Rick, um, you know, in the past oh, gosh. That, you, that you feel like you can apply <laughs> going forward or, or maybe you already have when you, when you taught before, but uh, you know, what, what's something from him? You know, Rick and I started working when I was 19 years old together, and um, uh, and then I got in the golf business. And so he's he's been he's I, as I call him he's my brother in golf is what he is, and he was a mentor to me playing, um, working on my game, help, helping me to understand how to become a good teacher. Um, and, and then fast forwarding from there, John Elliott, who was at golf digest, I spent time with, he gave me the chance to come up and spend time with him teaching. That was great. I spent time with Jim Flick. I spent, I worked with him for two years and spent some and watched him teach on several occasions. So I've had a pretty good pedigree, you know, not, not bad. Uh, you know, the thing about Rick, I think that is so, I think he's the best eye in golf I've ever, I've ever been around. I mean, he, he's never taught with video. He doesn't teach with track, man. He is and he just misses nothing. His eye is incredible. But I think the thing I learned from him the most is that you've got to teach every, you got to, got to take what you got in front of you and work with what you got. You can't fit everybody into the same little, little box, you know, and shove them in there. You got to, you got to teach the player. Um, and, and probably beyond that is probably really swinging, swinging the club head more than anything. You know, that, that's how I've always played. That's how he always taught me to, to swing the club, you know, to, to, to use the golf club and, and to move the golf ball and not, not necessarily your body and sort of what they're teaching now, the newer stuff where you're trying, you guys using the ground more and those things. Rick was more of a swinger of the club head. I'm much more of a swinger of the putter as well because of him. So. Uh, I wouldn't be here without him. I, we wouldn't be talking about the things I did in golf if it wasn't. I, I've done playing in golf really without Rick. He's he's been, um, yeah, he's my brother in golf. That's awesome. I, I second round of the city last year. I played with Travis and uh, Rick mm. was caddying, and it was it was so much fun because you know, I, I mean I know Rick going back twenty five years of high school golf when when I went mm. to Lures we played Concordia and sure um, you know so got to know Rick as we 
I basically grew up playing at McMillan Park, and so just being around him. So it's good to, good to see him, and I know you guys are tight. And, um, really tight. That's awesome. Um, you know, you mentioned um, earlier with, with your buddy. Um, I guess it was off air. Sorry. We were talking about your buddy. Yeah. Or no, no, it was on here. See, I'm, I'm getting my conversations mixed up uh, on the senior <laughs> on the senior tour. Some of the mental yeah. game, um, and, and yeah. I think it was about maybe a year ago, year and a half ago. You and I were both at the golf garage at the same time. We had a 30 minute conversation about the mental game and and how important that is. Is that yeah. something that you're going to incorporate in, into some of your lessons, some of your teaching, or are we, yeah. we focus you know strictly on the swing or the or the you know sure. how to play the game. Well, I'm not exactly sure how to incorporate all of that yet. It's going to take a little bit of game planning, but I definitely want to be, I, I would say if I look back at when I taught full-time back in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, I was, again, much more of a of a swing nut at that time. And I was teaching with video when really no one else was using video in town. And uh, we were, we were, we were going down to my office at Chestnut, plugging in the camcorder to the, to the, to the TV and using dry erase, <laughs> markers on the tv to you know that's how i watched john elliott do it at golf digest that that's what i did um but uh uh i yes i i want to be i want to i want to incorporate a little more coaching than just swing stuff right i want to be a little more of a golf coach to people who are who are trying to become better players and shoot better scores and that's important to them um where that filters in through short game through the mental approach through the emotional approach um and just trying to get your head in the right place on how to shoot good numbers because most people don't really know <laughs> how to do that you know i i i always tell people you know it's one of the biggest differences between professional golf and amateur golf is that you know amateurs talk about score way more than than pros do there's a reason why pros yeah. don't you know they they, they don't want to focus in on score they want to focus in on the shot that they have the moment they're in amateurs just look way too far ahead worry way too far back 20 minutes ago about the <laughs> shot i hit you know so right. those are the things that i want to i want to work on with people and help help people with but i i i've always kind of had original stuff i've always tried to have some things that i feel are mine and not anyone else's that when i teach i can say to people and help people with that they'll be like well, i've never really heard it quite like that before and i think i still have some of that and i'm i'm sure i'll probably have more but um th that's that's kind of i guess where i'm yeah. at with that i don't know if that answered your question all the way but no no absolutely um you know i i you mentioned earlier, you know, that one of the lessons you had today was a kid. Um, yeah. And I, I, I jokingly, when we were, earlier in the week when we were talking about doing this podcast, I jokingly asked, hey, any any room for a two handicap who doesn't have time in his schedule with, I have three kids, I have a job, I don't have time to practice, but I want to get better. I want to win local tournaments. And I don't know, I don't know how to get better. I don't know what that looks like because I don't know how to go from a two to a scratch versus someone that might be a 24-year-old kid who's an eight handicap that you see all the potential in the world for them to sure. get get to us. What's what's an easier what's an easier um I guess uh an easier path for you as a teacher? Is it is it the guy that's that's better now or the one that's got the higher or the more potential to gain? You know what yeah. I mean? That that's a good question. Um I think it depends on the player a little bit, but um, I love working with both those players. I love game planning for a guy who's in the city, like us here. We both work. We've got families, right? I mean, I totally relate to that. So I love game planning that and working with that player. 
But it is fun to take a 24-year-old kid who's playing college golf somewhere or just graduated, sticking about turning pro, and we're trying to take him. We're trying to grab every single shot we can over a four-day event to help him, you know, get where he wants to go. I, I love working with that kid too. I, I love that that one's can be that one can be a little bit tougher from the standpoint that you know you better have you better be if you from from the player standpoint that player better be hungry right i mean to really get somebody to to get them where they want to go they got to really be hungry i i was lucky enough to work with almost the entire ball state team for almost three seasons when mike fleck first got down there and that was a hungry group of kids i mean i was going I was going to tournaments. I was driving to University of Michigan and University of Dayton and catching them in their practice rounds and working with three, four, five kids trying to get them ready. And that was some of the most fun teaching I've ever done to watch, to be almost an assistant coach in the middle of all that and watching those guys succeed was a blast. But I, I think, I think I love, I love, I love both. I just yeah. love seeing people get better. Yeah. I, I know we've had some conversations probably on the pod about, um, analytics and golf, um, technology sure. as, as well. You've already mentioned some of the pieces with TrackMan, obviously, with that such a prevalent thing in golf nowadays is what's your numbers, what's your, what's your ball speed, what's your, uh, what's your attack angle, all these things. It, you know, and you, and you also mentioned the old school, Rick Hemsoth, just, just a great eye of knowing what he sees and, and how to, how to correct certain tendencies and bad habits. Are you a blend of both or are you more on the, the new school side? Well, I can tell you that training with Quinn Griffin at Apex Golf Lab and yeah. using all the new technology was is vital to really understanding what's happening with you as a player. But there is an aspect of it for me that when I got into the competitive, I, I spent more time working with him one-on-one and really paying attention to numbers sort of in the off-seasons and then maybe or in the off season, and then maybe on an off week coming in and checking my numbers. But I think it's very important that at some point you get out in the dirt, you know what the numbers are. We've been working on the numbers. I know, I know what they look like. Now I got to go to the dirt and I got to go find, you know, my target. I got to go find some scores. And so you, you can't just, you just, you can't get stuck in the numbers. People do. They just get absolutely stuck in them. You got to use them as a tool to help you, understand your performance and then you've got to take it to the dirt and you got to go figure out what's going on in the dirt. So there's got to be a blend big time, or we just end up being just this overly analytical worried about numbers players. And that that's not what the game is. The game is about, you know, teeing it off on that first hole, putting that peg in the ground and the least number of shots until you hole it on 18. And and we can't lose sight of that for sure. Percent of, of good amateur players, um, you know, we'll say anywhere from, I don't know, uh, one handicap to six handicap, lose shots because of poor strategy on the golf course. I mean, is it, is it a majority, you think, or that have just poor course management? Let me rephrase it that way. Yeah, I think it's, well, again, it kind of depends on the player and it depends on the situation. But I, I would say that for players that are in that kind of, you know, zero low handicap U to maybe a 10, 11, I think it's a lot of uh, course management, course management and, and club selection, especially off the tee. You know, I watch, I play with plenty of guys where they're hitting drivers on holes. I think they should really, this is not a driver hole and holes that is that they should let it go on. They're hitting three wood or something, you know? Um, and then I think when you get North of that, it becomes more of, 
players thinking that they should be playing a shot instead of figuring out what shot to play. Like, for example, like number two at Riverbend, I see it with with the guys that I play with, right? Guy hits it off the tee, gets it in play, and be, without even looking at his lie, without even figuring out where he's at, he's grabbed his three wood, he's walking over to his ball, and right. he's in the rough. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm going to hit three wood. It's par five. And I'm like, it's he just thinks he's supposed to hit three wood on the second shot, right? Instead of going over and figuring out what do I need to do? Oh, it's not a very good line. Maybe I'll grab a hybrid. And then instead of walking back, they'll hit the three wood, they'll roll it, they'll, you know. So that's kind of what I see in amateurs. You know, there's more of that that happens with handicapped players. And then, yeah, course managing, I think, is that 10 or less is where it gets it gets better or, or it, it helps somebody be a little bit better, a little bit worse. But I think the best amateurs I see in this town don't make nearly as many mistakes that way. They're, they, 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 they use their head a little more. You know, it's you, you make a great point, I think, with strategy off the tee. Um, you know, something that I've, I feel like I just learned last summer and I'm 39 and I've been playing competitive golf since I was 14 or whatever, but it's, uh, you know, at the city in Autumn Ridge, I decided, Hey, I'm going to hit driver like four times because, uh, at a Good course choice. like that, at a course like that, um, you know, you exactly. really just got to get it in play. And, you know, after two rounds, I was in what 14th or 15th place because I did, I just minimized my errors off the tee and, you know, if you feel like your your irons are good enough to, um, you know, make up for any any distance you're giving up with an iron or three wood off the tee, um, then you can do that. But I feel like I was like, oh my god, I feel like I've just tapped into something because I'm <laughs> I'm normally the the guy that's I'm I'm just I'm whaling driver. I'm going to hit my cut down there. I'm going to hit yeah. two eighty to two ninety, and I'm going to be fine. But fact is, is that guys at our level, my level, are we're going to hit some straight shots and it might be an OB ball or a, a water ball. And that that's going to be three, four or five shots in your round. And that's, it's going to pretty much just, it's, it's going to take your score away from you know, any chance of contending. Um, so I, I'm glad you mentioned that because, and I brought that up because I just feel like there's so many players that have so much potential and there's so much talent, but course strategy, course management, maybe just not part of their repertoire repertoire whatever that yeah. word is yeah um and maybe that's something that you you could tap into a little bit as yeah. a teacher yeah well listen it's it's um uh there's nothing wrong with putting the golf ball into the short stuff i mean i know that that the pga tour promotes everybody to bomb it as far as they can <laughs> bomb it but yeah. you know you're talking about yeah. the guys that are the best at the top of the food chain who for the speed that they create have the most control but most guys you see with speed like that on a local level, I mean, yeah, they might hit a couple of good drives, but you know, you put that drive in their hand six times with 125 mile an hour ball speed and they're hitting one off the planet somewhere. And so instead, you know, I always tell people that, um, and I always told young players this as, as a younger instructor that using your speed isn't just about hitting the driver far. It's being able to hit a hybrid, the same distance the guy you're playing with is hitting driver. That's using your your speed as well. That's using because you 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 create you give yourself a wider target by hitting the hybrid. And so it's not just about bombing at 50 yards by everybody. It's also being able to hit less club the same distance they're hitting their longest club. And and you know a lot of times guys go, man, I never really looked at it that way. And you're like, you know, that's that that's part of your speed. That's part of your your power. And so, um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love talking about that. I love working on those, those things and getting people to, to look at things a, a bit differently or look at more like maybe what someone who would play out on tour might look at it because their whole goal 
especially if you look at the champion stores to get the golf ball between the rails in a position where they can, they can attack a flag and it doesn't take driver to do that every time. Yeah. It, it always, it always cracks me up when I, I hear, um, you know, going into a tour week where they're playing a shorter course, say like Harbor town or something. Yeah. And they'll be like, Oh, look at this guy. He, he's a, he's a bomber, but he plays these kind of courses as well. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Cause he can, he can hit four iron, uh, he can, right. fly it, he can fly at 250, and if he, you know, of course he's going to play well if he if he you know strategizes well. Um, so that makes all the sense in the world. Um, getting down to some of the nuts and bolts of of scheduling, and you, you know, you yeah. mentioned you you might have a cap on on you know how many hours you can do a week. Or have you looked into any sort of apps, website where people, or is it just going to be people message you, contact you, and that's yeah. how they sign up? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to keep it simple for now. I don't really think I need to do dive in too much that way just based on the amount of time I'm going to teach. But I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to set aside time at the golf garage, three-hour increments, you know, Sunday evening, Tuesday evening. And just fill those and see if we have some overflow, if I need to go, you know, do something else. But I would say just go to Scott Perry Golf on Facebook, or if you have my personal, you know, Scott Perry um, page, that that's fine. And just message me and and we'll schedule things. And um, I'm I'm pretty easy to track down. Yeah. What, uh, a- any other final thoughts? By the way, I'm, I'm fascinated to hear about your um, – Golf strategy, whatever the numbers you threw at the oh, beginning. 57, it's, it's called 5714 Golf. Yeah. And I almost like to even just leave it vague because like even the buddies around me, no one can figure out what that means. That, all, <laughs> those numbers, all those numbers represent something. So uh, I am, uh, I'm really excited about that. I think it's, it's something that I put into play for myself um, at the end of 2021. And I have been living and dying by it in every round that I play. And it's, it's uh, j- just to give you just a little tidbit. It's, 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 um it's learning how to play in nine hole increments, not 18 hole increments. And the goal is really to take the fixation off the score, to take the fixation off a of position in the field and really to control your emotions, which I believe is the most important thing to do on the golf course more than even thinking. Um, although there's, that plays a role as well, but to really control your emotions and keep yourself in the moment focused on, on really from a performance based approach versus a score based approach. And, and that, that's, uh, that's my little teaser. Okay. I, I would love to dive into that one as we, you know, as, what? I'll, as you, know we we'll do? you know what we'll do? I'll tell you what, we'll get you and Johnny. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get with you and Johnny and even Zach, if Zach wants to, and I'll present it to you guys, you guys use it for a month. And maybe yeah. we can talk about it and you guys can tell me what you think. You can do a little review of it. That would be fun. I love it. I, yeah, definitely. Definitely interested in that. Hey, if it can, like I said, if it can help me, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in it. Um, all right. Anything else, Scott, on, on this front? Or we, no, we cover? no, I appreciate you so much for having me on, man. Yeah, I, I, I just uh, can't thank you enough. You've been a great supporter. And uh, uh, I hope you and I do get the chance to work a little bit together. That would be great. Absolutely. Likewise to you. Thanks for, for contributing to the, to the show continually the last couple of years. Always love having you on and uh, love talking about this, uh, this new venture in your life uh, tonight. So thanks for being on Scott. Thank you. All right. Your best bets. We'll be back uh, this week with the players championship preview, a huge, huge tournament, obviously. And hopefully later in the week, we'll have Callahan Elsey on and we'll talk more teaching. So awesome week for the local golf scene on your best bet. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.